Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, April 25th. Oh, I'm sorry, April 21st, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 73, the very last line on that page, which would be paragraph 4. Today's readers are reading the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous, Gail T., the 12 Traditions of OA, Amy W., and reading the text will be Renata G., Sharon R.S., and Deb W. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, April 20th, 2015, is 7490. 7490. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gail T. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, visionaries. This is Gail T. in Texas. One. We admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, We admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, we humbly asked him to remove our shortcoming. Eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, we made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, we continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Gail T. I will now ask 
Amy W. to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. This is Amy W., Compulsive Overeater from California. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our Public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Amy W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, and we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the Big Book on page 73, the last line, which will be paragraph 4. And I will ask Renata G. to begin our study this morning. Good morning, Renata. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Aid in New York. We must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person or persons with whom to take this intimate and confidential step. Those of us belonging to a religious denomination which requires confession must, and of course, will want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. 
Though we have no religious connection, we may still do well to talk with someone ordained by an established religion. We often find such a person quick to see and understand our problems. Of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics. And, um, you know, uh, the, the, the principle of step five is integrity, right? And it says here in the text that we must be entirely honest. And so, you know, for me, as much as I wanted to, to look good to everyone else, including my sponsor, if I wasn't entirely honest about my motives in step four and then when sharing my inventory, no change would originate from that, you know? And so it would be impossible to see my, my patterns of behavior. You know, if I continue to, to masquerade my, my, my intentions, my, my motives, and, um, you know, live a double life, I w- it, that would get me nowhere. So I, I had to really, really have integrity and share honestly. You know, uh, if I kept eating the way I was eating, I would definitely not live a long life. And by the way, I didn't even want to you know, and uh, definitely not live a happy life because, you know, living in bondage of compulsive overeating was a daily torture, you know, and it got worse and worse as time passed. Um, you know, once I, I heard someone say that my disease wants me dead, but we settle for having me miserable, and that's definitely where I was. I was miserable, and I was dead spiritually. Um you know, I chose to, to to share my inventory with my sponsor. And, uh, you know, not because I really liked her or I thought she would understand my, my reasons, you know, my justifications, but because she was someone that had gone through this process and was recovered. And, you know, I thought she'd be able to help me see my character defects and my patterns of resentment, fear, you know, in the sex context, uh, you know, because she, she was familiar with the term in the book. And um, I've been to the steps a couple of times, and I turned my fifth step to, to my sponsors both times and for the same reasons. And uh, last year, I was going to a, a psychologist for, for a little while, and she did not understand the concept of this, this program, you know, the concept of being selfish, dishonest, self-seeking. Um, she didn't think I owe a man to anybody. She, she really thought that all my behaviors were justified by the, you know, difficult uh, situations and traumas I had growing up. So, you know, it, it didn't work because she really went against what the big book says. And I, I believe in everything the big book says, and I can't afford to follow directions from people that do not understand it. So that's why I always chose my sponsors to share my inventories with. And um, the book says that we can choose the person or persons we are going to share this step with, but it also says that some people do not understand alcoholics. So I think, you know, we really need to to think and ask for guidance from higher power before we choose someone to take our inventory. And the thought of step five, you know, was very scary, but, you know, compared to the prison of compulsive eating, it wasn't that bad. And for me, nothing could be worse than living the way I was living before. Nothing. So that made my decision very easy. Thanks, and I passed. Thank you very much, Renata G. 
Who would like to comment on this paragraph this morning? Matt M. Hi, good morning, Matt. Anyone else? No one else this morning just yet? This is Larry. Katie G. from Boston. This is Larry K. and Katie G. One more person, please. Rabia. Rabia. Good morning, Rabia. Okay, let's start out with Matt M. Good morning, Matt. Hi, good morning. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Matt M. from New Jersey. Well, that's a very unstrong paragraph. I'm just about finishing my fourth step. I'm about ready to give it to my sponsor. I trust my sponsor to give it to him. Luckily, not everybody, they don't feel comfortable giving it to their sponsor. And I always thought to myself, I used to be so judgmental. Well, why don't you pick your sponsor if you don't, if you don't feel comfortable enough to give me your fifth step? And I realized, finally, it's not about that. It's about being free of, the, um, of all the crap and all the wreckage of your past. It doesn't always have to be your sponsor, but they usually say your sponsor it really is one of the better choices, the best choices. I fear people give it to their psychiatrist, their psychologist, a lot of different people, priest, rabbi, whatever. It's about, like I said, being free of that record, of that sludge that gets dug up, all that dust and filth that gets that you shine the light on. You know, when you see a little little creature scurry in your brain. My brain, I think, is almost like a dusty attic that has to get light of day. It's like spring cleaning. You know, you got to go in there, shine the light in all the crevices. You don't want to go in. For me, it's spiders I'm afraid of, and I have to go in there and, like, route all everything out of there and do a real thorough house cleaning the first time. If you really do a really permanent, really good job and get rid of it, then really once is really the, the really hardest part of it to do it once. It's a really good time. You're going to be doing this again. I know I'm going to be doing this again for another four steps eventually in the future. But I really want to do that really thorough house thing where it's going to be to the dregs of the of the bottom of the of the well, the bottom of the barrel, really once, really good. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to do that um, right now, and that's not easy. I stalled so many times doing this because I just didn't want to. I was afraid. I, I'm, I'm not going to be I'm gonna be honest. Fear was in the way of my, I was getting in the way of me. And fear is the disease. You know, I, I finally want, I want to face everything and recover, no matter what it is. Because if I'm afraid of anything, I really don't have to be afraid of anything if I own it and if I be honest about it. Because honesty... Honesty is the enemy of this disease. A lot of the times I ate over, over things I've done. I ate over things that were bothering me or things that I think I can never tell anybody else. So really, honesty really is the enemy of this disease of compulsive overeating because we're only as sick as our secrets. And for me, I have a lot of secrets. That's why I got up to a 630-pound body at one time. You know, I'm just grateful that uh, just for today, I'm willing to face all of that. That's a lot of stuff that has to be faced. And just for today, I feel, I feel really, I want to have that summit of the spirit that it says. I want to, I want to just be a, a, a happy. I want to be happy, joyous, and free, like it says. That, that's a gift that will come to me if I really do as thorough as I want to be with this work. Because it's a choice. And I want to be as thorough as I can be, as honest as I am able to be at this moment in my, reco- in my recovery. So that I'll pass. Thank you for the mission. Thank you, Matt. M. Larry Kay. Hey, Melanie, thank you so much for your service. Uh, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Leader from Chicago. So, um, you know, I, I think with step five for me, um, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, the person that we share it with, um, I, I, you know, I liken it to, it's analogous for me to, um, to this aspect of step four, which is, um, you know, how are we going to do step four? Is the is the is the uh, you know the paper that we use is it lined properly? Does it have the exact precise columns? 
you know, perfectly that we can get so embroiled in, in, um, you know, in, 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 in the tool that we use and we forget, you know, why are we doing this? What are we doing? And the same, this, the same, I think, holds true in step five that where we are, you know, we're sharing, we're sharing all this, all this muck, all this mess with another human being, with ourselves and with the higher power of our own understanding. And that's the key. The key is that who can we be honest with? It really doesn't matter who that is so much as that we're completely honest and that we, you know, we give that away. You know, and it's, for me, it's more about following precise, uh, the precise process because, you know, some of us need to graduate from OA, meaning, you know, I can do this on my own, you know, and, and I was going to, I was going to have to follow precise directions with all these steps, you know, like for me, some of us believe that losing weight would change our lives, you know, forever. And it doesn't, you know, I know that now. You know, I have a strange mental twist and, you know, that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by eating. So, you know, with all these steps, step five, all, all the way through, a spiritual awakening enabled me <clears throat> enabled me to not eat, but, but I'm not eating, you know, happily, you know, without constant duress, struggle, you know, intense irritability. That's, that's the difference. And, and, you know, I heard it said that my disease cannot be cured, caused, or controlled by anything that's of this, of this earth. And that was a harsh reality for me to, to embrace, you know, because my alcoholic life seemed the only normal one. And it was only through a spiritual awakening that that could solve my problem. So, so with, e with each of these steps, Anything, they're all leading in the same direction. You know, anything other than a complete spiritual awakening is merely temporary sobriety, temporary abstinence. And the problem isn't food. It's The problem is my selfishness, my self-seeking, my fear, my dishonesty, you know, my character defects. So, you know, when, when I'm sharing with, with another human being, with God and myself, what happens is, is that I'm moving along in a process in, by which God will remove my character defects so that I no longer need to eat compulsively. Because as long as my character defects are the prevailing force in my life, I'm going to need heroin. I'm going to need Oreos. I'm going to need gambling. I'm going to need on and on and on. And once God removes these through a complete personality change through the steps, I won't need these anymore. So thank God for all these steps, because they all lead in the same direction, a spiritual awakening. But that'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Katie G, you're next. Good morning, Melanie. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater for today. Thank you, God. And what a privilege to be Monday morning, or excuse me, Tuesday morning uh, at an Overeaters Anonymous meeting. Thank you, God, for abstinence and, and for uh, the gift of recovery. And for me, I too, I, I made it, I was really scared about like who's going to take my fifth step because I'm so important and this is really valuable. And um, it was so funny. God was so good. The woman that I, you know, thought that I should be taking the, taking my fifth step, she wasn't available. And so I had to find somebody else. And really, the parameters were, does she understand the 12 steps? Does she understand that I'm in a life and death mission, right? Because 
because eating is always a step up from how I feel about myself. And what does that mean? Eating is a step up from my thinking. And so I needed someone who understood not just that, like, I lied um, stealing things, but the lies I tell myself, like, I'm not okay unless I'm in control. I'm not okay unless you like me. If I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. All of these lies, um, and to be honest, I didn't understand them. So even as I was doing the resentment turnarounds with my sponsor, it took her with me like Pavlov's dog saying to me, Katie, write this down. If I had what you had, I wouldn't feel what you feel, what I feel. And what's the truth, Katie? You know, no human power can relieve my food addiction. No money, no men, no sex, no, no body, no body weight, right? Like these are the things that broke me open. And <clears throat> I never felt like I fit into my body because I was never living in my body. I was living in my body and then your mind and his mind and her mind. And what the fifth step did for me and what honesty does for me today is it helps me settle into Katie. It helps me to be me and not me to be me with like 700 other, you know, uh, things going on at one time. And, um, and it was such a privilege settling into my body and being able to look this stranger who I then, who I then knew in the eye and feel the freedom of, oh, my gosh, she knows everything, you know. And I don't have to be Katie this person or Katie that person. I am as God created me, and, and that's enough. There is such freedom in honesty. And the, and the thing is that's most important, I'll just wrap up with this, is that I cannot do it alone. I can't see my stuff on my own. I can't get to God on my own. I have to be, um, I have to be stripped of my selfishness, my dishonesty, my self-centeredness, and my fear, you know, and, and the lies and the truth with the help of God in another human being. And thank you, God, like um, we do that in step five, my sponsor puts my hand in God's hands. I, I do that for my sponsees. And then we continue with that. In steps 10 and 11, I continue to look at what are the lies that are driving me? What are the fears that are driving me? And then I tell myself lies and, ba and base myself seeking behaviors on that. And the worst problem is I end up in positions, if I don't clean it up, that ultimately my brain hurts so much that eating is a step up. And thank you, God, that is a... That is a um, place I do not have to go today, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Rabia M. Good morning, fellow visionaries. Here, let me set my timer. Um, this is Rabia. I am a compulsive overeater from New York, and so grateful to be studying this big book with all of you. And um, this paragraph uh, we must be entirely honest um, to live happily and also that I must choose the person um, well who I'm going to take this intimate and confidential step with. Well, each paragraph in this big book is so alive in my life today because you've all taught me the words of this big book and these 12 steps and now I can teach others. And and so in my life today, um, I was having trouble with this meeting. I took a quiet uh, period of time away from this meeting, and I prayed about it. Um, and I wanted to be entirely honest with somebody, and I wanted to choose the person that I shared 
very carefully, and I did, and I was guided to um, it, I was guided to a member who has uh, who was with this meeting from the conception, and I came to understand that this is a classroom. It's not an AA or OA meeting as I know it in my face-to-face meetings. This is a classroom where I studied the big book with all of you, and uh, and we teach each other. We teach each other how to live these steps in our lives so that we can teach others. And I leave my credentials at the door. Um, I leave my standing in the community at the door. I leave my accomplishments at the door because in this classroom, I'm a worker among workers. I'm I'm one among many, and our purpose here is to teach the newcomers, the beginners coming into the classroom for this first semester what this big book means and how to live it and how to work it. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. It's it's so beautiful, the loving service that we do here. And so important to, I listened so carefully to the format this morning to stay to the paragraph we're reading, to not go in other places in the big book, because this is more than enough for the newcomer to understand this one paragraph at a time. We'll study future paragraphs when we get to them. And so the loving kindness that each of us give each other paragraph by paragraph in this big book and bringing this big book alive has changed my life 100%. And I know it will change the life of every beginner, every newcomer who's coming through this study group with us um, today. And there's my timer. God bless us all. Thank you, Rabia M. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? This is Janice. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, Anybody else? Melanie. Sharon H. Oh, Sharon H. Just one second, Janice. Let's go with those three, and then we'll see what comes next. Good morning, Janice P. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Melanie. My name is Janice P, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, in Minneapolis. So, thank you, God. Thank you, God. What a wonderful meeting today. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. I love talking about Step 5, although at the time that I was doing, getting ready to do Step 5, I probably was not so enthusiastic about it, although I knew I certainly needed it. I knew I certainly needed it. That idea of sitting down with someone else with things that I thought I would take to my grave, all my secrets, all my character defects, who was going to be able to listen to all of that? You know, I I so appreciated everybody sharing this morning because we know, we know, if you're anything like me, that our egos are so tied up in all of this, you know, huge egos and low self-esteem. You know, that's how I came into the room. Huge ego, insecure full of selfishness and self-centeredness, but I didn't know it in the way that I know it today. Because once you know it, and once you are able to communicate it with someone, laying it all out with someone, something shifts. You know, I I so agree, it's a thinking disease. The, The real danger was not when I was picking up the food, although there were certainly consequences to that. The most dangerous place was when I was not eating. Because it was my thinking that made me suffer. And it was a shift in perception 
that I needed. Because I was so good at rationalizing and minimizing and justifying what it was I was doing. So I needed a shift in perception, a change in my thinking, and sitting down with someone and bearing it all, laying it all out, all that inventory process that I had been working so hard on, being as absolutely honest as I could be, at that point in time, all the motives and reasons and excuses and all those things put down, brought out all those character defects. And then when I surrendered them to someone, there was a huge shift, a huge shift. And thank God for that shift. Now, did everything turn out forever and ever? Amen. No more problems. <laughs> no. But acutely, intensely, I could now view these things, know that I was not alone, and begin that wonderful process with a, a guide, with a sponsor, with someone who knew me inside and out now, having heard my fifth step, and a, and a support network that I had built up, those who were going along in the process just like me and those a little farther ahead, you know, and then those coming up behind me who couldn't possibly imagine being abstinent for a few days, much less doing this fourth step, but they could say to me, if you can do it, I can do it. And that's what we give each other today. If you can do it, I can do it. Each 24 hours, one step at a time, one day at a time, you know, we're spiritual seekers. And thank God for that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice P. Sharon H. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Can you hear me okay? I can, and you sound like you're getting better. I am getting better. Thank you, God, for that, too. Uh, this is Sharon. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered in Colorado. And... Um, <clears throat> I just, uh, I'm, you know, I, <clears throat> what I learned here is I'm in a classroom. I hadn't thought about it that way until I started listening to the OA Vision for You line meeting uh, in July of 2013. So today I wrote, we must be entirely honest with somebody if we, one, expect to live long, two, expect to live happily, three, in the world. And in the world, I have to learn how to live with God and our fellow humans. And we do have a choice regarding who we share this intimate and confidential step with. And for me, I struggled for years. Uh, I could get abstinent, but I could not stay abstinent. And I didn't realize until I came and listened to this meeting and did take it like um, a textbook and a classroom, and I was the student, and I had to set aside everything I thought I had learned and knew about uh, this whole 12-step program for years that I'd been in it. And that was the difference for me. I finally began to see the truth, that I did have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and I had a choice whether I was going to choose to accept and follow this book just the way it's laid out with all of its directions, or I could choose to keep eating myself to death. And um, by God's grace, there was that choice that was made, and I've been uh, gratefully abstinent since May 10th of 2013 after over 30 years of struggling with this. 
So voluntary must, you know, this is a program of suggestions, but there are a lot of voluntary musts in the program, and this is one of them. We must be entirely honest with somebody. And, um, you know, the expectation is we want to live long or die slowly, <laughs> live happily or live miserably. And um, I do have to learn how to get along uh, and consent to let God be my director so that I can learn how to live with my fellow human beings. That was one of my major issues. So I'm just so grateful to be here today. I'm so grateful to everyone that's out on the line and I thank you so much for giving me this privilege to share for a few moments today. And I do encourage everyone out there, whether you're just starting or you've been um, a long timer that struggled like myself, this will work, and it does work. And I've done it with a sponsor. I've done it with a priest, you know, in various stages of my life. I've done, done it different ways, but the bottom line is, is once we become entirely honest, God begins to show us what needs to be changed, and only he has the power to do that. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you, Sharon H. And we'll round out the sharing on this paragraph with Vasa O, and then we'll move on. Good morning, Vasa. Yes, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. And I'm Vasa O, grateful recovering compulsive overeating. And I really did not know what I was getting into when I came to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous years ago. And uh, again, I came for the food. I just wanted to get thin, and I was just going to get out of there the minute I lost the weight, you know. And God, I was granted with the gift of abstinence. And then, you know, I, you know, I did the first three steps. I can, he can, I will let him. But there was more to do, more action, and that was step four. And I step in four and five, and I was really afraid to do it. But I was less fearful because I had my higher power I can draw in at that time. And um, um, again, my sponsor, I love the promises. I remember when I would hear the promises of the meetings, and I wanted them so bad, you know. I want that freedom from compulsive overeating. I wanted to have what it says here. We must be entirely honest with somebody. If we expect to live long or happily in this world, and that's what I wanted, you know. I wanted to be free, and I wanted to be happy, uh, and I wanted to have what other people had before me. And my sponsor could lead me up to her level, and she said I needed to go and find somebody else. And she sent me out to therapy, and I did my first uh, uh, inventory with a therapist, and it was very, very beneficial for me at that time. And then I, I would have done anything. I did whatever it took for me not to go back into the food, you know. And, you know, I did learn about the allergy. I learned about the mental obsession. So... I didn't want to go back, you know, with my mental obsession, going back to the food. And then I did the big book step study, the way it's laid out here with a sponsor, and I did it again on the phone with the, you know, with a person that did the steps the way they laid out. So uh, I'm just, and I have that freedom, you know, um, going through the character defects, the good and the bad, you know. 
I, I, I don't think I would have liked just to see the horrible things in me. I needed to see the good things that I had accomplished and I was doing in my life, you know. And God showed me that, not to be just stuck, oh, I'm a horrible person, I've done this and that. You know, I did a lot of good things in my life, too. So my time is up. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And now we'll move on to the next paragraph, paragraph one on page 74. Sharon R.S., will you take us into that study? Good morning, uh, and good morning, fellow visionaries. I'm Sharon R.S., the recovered compulsive overeater. If we cannot or would not rather or would rather not do this, we search our acquaintance for a closed-mouth, understanding friend. Perhaps our doctor or psychiatrist will be the person. It may be one of our own family, but we cannot disclose anything to our wives or our parents, which will hurt them and make them unhappy. We have no right to save our skin at another's expense. Such parts of our story we tell to someone who will understand, yet be unaffected. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves always considerate of others. Um, and uh, what this is a, another paragraph that's basically uh, saying, okay, if I haven't convinced you yet, if you haven't found someone based on the, the previous paragraph that you can uh, talk with, okay, here's, here's another group of people that you can think about. Let's take it to the next level. If your inner circle isn't going to work for you. You're not comfortable with that, then let's go to the next level. But whatever, uh, you just cannot get around. You must do this if you're going to recover. Uh, You don't have to. That's always your choice. But if you're going to recover, this is a requirement that you tell um, not, this isn't about a detail-by-detail story of every least little thing that you ever did that was wrong. This is about getting to the the nature, the true nature of uh, the exact nature of our problems, of our wrongs. And they fall, those, that nature, the basic nature of our wrongs falls into four basic categories, selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, seeking ourselves and other people, self-seeking, and fear. So those are the basic nature. So we're looking for those stories of our lives that bring, make it real to us that we're selfish people, that we are in our basic nature selfish. We're looking for the stories in our lives that, say, that show where we're self-seeking so that we know within ourselves, there's no doubt about it, and we're going to speak it out because in ourselves we are we have delusions, page 30. We, we live in delusion and illusions about life. So we in ourselves cannot um, accept truth and reality. So telling us is, and ourselves is not good enough. And telling God, well, that we can, again, stay in our delusions and stay in our uh, illusions. So we want to get outside of that. And the only way we're going to get outside of that is by telling another human being. It can be uh, whomever. It must be a human being that we speak the truth about ourselves, that we are selfish, 
self-seeking, dishonest. We want to bring those stories that tell the truth about us so that we are convinced that we are dishonest people. And we want to talk about the fears uh, as it relates to our the things that have bothered us and blocked us off from the sunlight of the spirit, from the real life that we can live, from the greater life that we are called into so that we can know we're no longer reacting uh, to life, but we're acting upon life. We are part of life, and this is the pathway. This clears away the wreckage of our past. This is one of the ways, and we're going to speak our truth. We're going to tell the truth about our sex conduct. So, of course, we want to find someone we can be truly honest with. And sometimes um, uh, we can tell most of our story to someone, but then there's one or two things that we need to go to someone else. Maybe it's a therapist, a minister, um, uh, uh, someone that that we don't know very well, but that we know is is uh, is a, a a person we can trust. But we we find that person, and the only criteria is that our we're not going to harm them in any way. But uh, it's not the only. The other is that we can be totally truthful with them. So this is. So we are. It's critical that we tell another human being, and uh, who will not be affected by our actions, but with whom we can be truthful and honest about the exact nature, the basic nature of our wrongs. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon R. S. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph this morning? Kim. Hi, good morning, Ken. Anyone else? Leah. Leah M. Anyone else, real quick? Sarah W. Sarah W. Okay, thank you. Rachel W. Kim and Rachel W. Okay, we'll go with those four, please. We'll start with Kim G. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. That's so essential for me. You know, we have to find someone who understands this inventory process. I mean, these are given to instructions to people who probably don't have access to other recovered people. Not probably, they did have access to other recovered people. Because once again, this inventory, this fifth step is not about confession. It's, it's about finding out the exact nature of our wrongs. So I just want to remind us a couple things. What were we told at the beginning of this four-step process on page 64 that one object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. And then in Bill's story on page 14, it says, simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. It meant the destruction of self-centeredness, which we found out what was our problem in step three. So that's what the object is, you know, and that's why we have to be hard on ourselves. If I'm the problem, I have to get to the root of the problem, which is me. And what I found for myself, and I did a lot of other methods, you know, the, the autobiography method, the um, blaming other people method, was I, I, I tried to, no, 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 I need to learn to love myself. You know, I did four steps where the whole entire four step was me being resentful of me, and me being fearful of me, and it's all about me. I wanted to prove to you I was the victim, prove to you I was the martyr, prove to you I was right, prove to you they were wrong. And that is why a solitary self-appraisal is insufficient. I need someone to come in who, ha- who has been through this process, who understands what we're trying to do in this specific process that can guide me towards my exact nature of my role. 
Because that is that is the goal. The goal is I need to destroy my self-centeredness. You know, I remember, you know, when I broke my ankle like four years ago and I was going through rehab and I'm talking to my orthopedist and I was asking him about when I can start running and everything. And he said, listen, he goes, I'm, you know, I'm, I think the word's orthopedist. You know, I'm an orthopedist. He goes, I would rather you not run. I don't like what it does to the skeletal system. But I'm sure if you went to a cardiologist, he'd want you to run because it's good for the heart. So we have to know who we're going to. We need to go to someone who understands this process that can lead us in the right direction. And I just want to end with this. You know, one of the things these, this 12-step process is, this is not about information. This is about transformation. And so many times I approach this process, and if I learn enough about myself, if I get enough information, I'm going to stop eating. And what I'm told over and over again is that self-knowledge avails us nothing. I need an entire psychic change. I need a transformation. So I need someone who's been through this process that can help lead me so I can get unblocked from my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Leah M., you're next. Thanks so much. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. Yes, we have to be hard on ourselves. Yes, the price has to be paid. Um, you know, destruction of the ego is necessary. But, you know, the message of hope here is that there are so many here on the line and elsewhere that have gone through this process and, you know, we live through it, and we become free because of it. And, um, you know, that rule that we must be on hard on ourselves but always considerate of others, yes, we have to be considerate of others. We can't just go, uh, you know, with loose lips, um, sinking ships, you know, all around town, because the truth can be used to injure as well as to heal. So, yes, we sit down, perhaps with a sponsor, you know, who has already trudged this path, who can understand, you know, what we're attempting. Again, there's a, a, there's a specific goal that we're attempting here to accomplish. And that sponsor will have enough integrity to respect, you know, your confidence and enough insight to help see those patterns, you know, that um, are obstacles to this power that we're trying to access. You know, imagine a house that's been shut up for years, you know, and there's signs of decay around and there's cobwebs and it's stuffy and stale and there's odors of mildew, etc. Our life, my life was like a closed up house. All of those shameful secrets that I had, all those embarrassing behaviors that I had, all those spoiled hopes lied hidden from view. And I continued to stuff them down. You know, my, my life was like stale air. Step five was my emergence. When I began to admit the nature of my wrongs to God, to myself, and to another human being, it was like opening the doors and the windows of my life. I was displaying my true self for the first time and beginning to accept my history for exactly what it was. That was my history. That's how I got to where I was. But that process of accepting my history began to bring me closer to God, to that power greater than myself that was, you know, still ill-defined and uncomprehendable. But I had seen living proof in other people. So step five was the beginning of process of living a life of humility, of honesty, of courage, 
and of integrity. And the result for me uh, was freedom and happiness and serenity. So I can only, uh, you know, encourage those who are reluctant to do so to really uh, go through this process as it's written, and you too will experience that freedom. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Leah M. Sarah W., you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, It's powerful doing a fifth step, either taking it or doing it. And um, for me, it's something that I don't think... um, I don't think I'd be where I am today. I know I wouldn't without it, and I continue to do them in 10 steps. Um, There is a reason why that third party is in that. I know people in the other program, I know a a gentleman that um, says he did his fifth step with God, and that was it. And I think there's something, not to judge, but I think there's something that is so divinely inspired by doing it with another person because what it really allows us to do is find that humility and get right size. But I wanted to go back, you know, like it says, the rule is we must be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others. And for me, um, I was such a shame-based human being. And when I did my fifth step uh, with uh, my first sponsor, she was able to share with me some things that she had done. And I just, you know, then I really felt like, you know, I was part of the human race, that I wasn't like this ugly human being that was defective. I was a wounded, sick person. I mean, this is an illness that we have, and we have to always remember that. It's not like we intentionally go out and and we're cruel and unkind. It's that we really are sick, and we can heal. And the the one thing I wanted to bring up, too, is, you know, if we've done the first four steps, you know, the, the, the process and the principles behind them, we started out with honesty. You know, then we went into hope with the second step. The third step is about faith, and the fourth step is about courage. And now we're in integrity. So hopefully we're attaining some of those things as we're going along because all of these, all of these principles the steps have to be done, but all these principles are are the meaning behind it is what we're we're aspiring to. So I'm so grateful today that I had people around me uh, in the rooms that were able to love me and help me work through this, and I was able to share with them my truth, and that today I can continue to do that because I don't get perfect in this program. I continue to have issues. You know, we continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. It continues to happen where I have issues, but it's not like a consistent thing uh, that I feel like I'm less than. I realize I have and then I have a solution that I can do something with it by working a 10-step, an 11-step, and a 12-step. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Rachel W., it's your turn. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you for your service this morning. Um, what's coming to mind for me with these paragraphs is um, that I used to get really caught up in who, you know, what, would, uh, who I would choose you know, to do this with. And 
um, you know, is my sponsor really, really, you know, fit? And I would get really caught up in, you know, where I could park, you know, all this information. And I see now, you know, how I was using that as an excuse not to do this work. And so on the one hand, you know, of course I, you know, of course there's the, the need to determine, you know, the safest place to, to park it and also um, the most productive place because my sponsor, you know, helped me see my patterns and, and that was really important. But, you know, I, I, I guess like, I, you know, I did use that as an excuse not to move forward. And, um, and thank God, you know, eventually I did give it over. And, and you know, the very act of just um, giving it over, I, I'm thinking it's very similar to getting clean with the food. You know, my as an addict, you know, my brain gets really foggy sometimes. It goes into some really strange places. I do a lot of justifying. And when I'm able to cleanly, clearly say, you know, this is the food I'm eating, or, you know, later on at this point, you know, say, this is how I behave. When I'm able to label it, you know, in my mind and phrase it and then actually speak it out, you know, at that point, the drama of, of all of it living within my mind is greatly diminished, you know, to such a point that I can just kind of pick it up and toss it out and, or label it and put it there. And, and, you know, there's, there's one pattern in particular that I have that I, I, I just really need everyone else to do their work and change, you know, all my relationships. I just expect other people to, to change. So I don't have to, you know, do my, you know, wouldn't that be great? Like if everyone else would just change, I wouldn't have to do my work. And um, that's a pattern I have. And I'm aware of it, fully aware of it. But you know what? Here and there, it creeps up. And I'm able now not to act on it, but rather, you know, to see, you know, to, to, to think it, you know, to, it pops into my mind. I know exactly what it is. I know exactly where it's from. And that's because, you know, thank God I, I trusted this process. So more than trusting a person, um, I do trust that God, you know, put me here for a reason um, in this process, and I do trust the process. And, and thank God I've expanded my, my higher power base where, you know, God is a focal point of, um, of my universe. But you know what? So are other people in my life. I was just in Six Flags last week with my family. I was in a roller coaster. I said, you know what? One of my higher powers right now is the guy operating this roller coaster because, you know, I'm trusting him that he knows what he's doing and, and or being on an airplane. You know, it's the pilot. It's, it's anyone who's, you know, who's done this before who knows a lot about it than I do. And I'm so grateful to be in a place that I can actually, you know, not run the show myself. I can trust the process, you know, more um, than, than other, you know, than anything else. And, and also I can be there for others. I can listen to footsteps and watch, watch these, um, this amazing process take place in other people. And it's just such a, a privilege and a beautiful way of life. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone on the line. Thank you, Rachel W. And that takes us to the end of this recorded Linda hour R. of our study today. Hi, Linda R. We've just come to the end of our study this morning. Oh, you may okay. have been unmuting at the time. But if you would, excuse me, please stay around to share on the next hour, which is coming up just straight away here after our announcement. Thank you so much. Um, and now I'll ask, and well, thank you, everyone, for sharing today. Now um, we will close this morning with a reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. I will ask Deb W. to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Deb.
Good morning. Uh, this is Deb W. Recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.